Since Steve and I are both sports fans, we're obviously very excited to speak to our next guest. In the past, he's hosted the Best Damn Sports Show, period. He's also the current host for MLB Network's Intentional Talk, along with the NFL Network's Game Day Highlights and Game Day Final. And now you can watch him every Sunday on ABC's revival of the hit robot combat competition, BattleBots. Please welcome to the showcast, Chris Rose. Chris, how's it going? Doing great, guys. What's uh, what's happening? Not not a whole lot. Excited for BattleBots to be back, though. I'm sure you are as well, obviously, being a part of it. Absolutely. Um, i, I got to tell you the truth. When they approached me about it, they were like, are you interested in doing the play-by-play for BattleBots? And I was like, excuse me? For what? <laughs> and um, so first time around, I, I, I have to admit that on Comedy Central, I didn't tune in, so I had to kind of immerse myself in the world. And once I did, um, I loved it. I mean, I was fascinated by what was going on. And even until I got up and we started taping this stuff up in the Bay Area, I couldn't quite wrap my hands around it. But we we shot this thing out there, and you walk into, this is about three days before we started taping. If you could imagine, it's almost like pit row for for NASCAR. (laughs) Except they're all these bots are in one shop. So there's 24 of them all lying on these, almost like these gurneys, and there's like four or five different people working on a bot. So you walk in behind the curtain, and you're like, holy crap, what the hell's going on in here? You know what, are we, are we building stuff that's okay? Like, nothing's going to explode, right? And, um, and it's an amazing, amazing world of these super talented people that have such a passion for the robotics world and um, I'm super excited and proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, did you have to go back and like watch tape of the original or anything like that? Yeah. Okay. Do you, Absolutely. So, so what yeah. are the, the similarities? Because I know I vaguely remember the original when I was probably in like high school when it came out, but what are some of the similarities and maybe more importantly the differences between the, the original and then the current iteration? By the way, uh, you're an asshole for telling me that you were in high school <laughs> in 2003. So, I'm, yo- I'm younger uh, than he is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Um, Grandpa over here had to go look at the um, the video. Um, <laughs> On VHS, and, I'm sure. Yeah, and VHS, exactly. I brought out an old beta deck just, um, just for old time's sake. I would say that when, when it was brought to, to Whale Rock, which is the production company that is doing this for ABC, they got on, on the right path but immediately with it. They wanted to bring out the stories of who these bot builders are. And I think that's the biggest difference between the Comedy Central show and what you're seeing right now on ABC is the reason that we've loved American Idol uh, over the years and, and other shows like that is because you buy in with the people. Immediately. Right. You, listen, the singing is what the singing is. You can find a ton of better singers all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. But when you meet the person, when they come into that big room and they're nervous and they followed them back home as to why they're following their dreams, it's why you continue to care about these people. And sure. I think that's what we're doing on ABC is we're kind of introducing you more to the people and what makes them tick and how one guy sold his car 
even though he's got a young baby, in order to continue to compete in this competition and fund his project. Now, that's crazy. And if I ever did that, I'd have to hire a divorce attorney on top of selling my car. But this is what makes them go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, the people. Some of the robots that these people have been building are just incredible. Uh, We've seen multiple robots fighting for one team. We've seen robots shooting fire. We've seen robots have things that spin at 350 miles an hour so far. Is there absolutely no limit on the uh, offensive weapons that we're going to be seeing here up in the upcoming weeks with from the robots we haven't seen yet? Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. And uh, the, the neat thing is is that they're all playing by the same set of rules, whereas in the original BattleBot, there were different weight classes. Here, it's everybody can weigh the same up to 250 pounds. Okay. So you have to figure out how to properly distribute that weight. If you have, for example, in the first show that aired, we had a uh, a bot that used a weapon that weighed almost 50 pounds, <laughs> a 47-pound blade that was spinning 250, 300 miles an hour. Yeah, well, okay, if you're going to use one-fifth of your weight on, on a weapon, are you going to be able to properly defend yourself right. and have enough armor should somebody take a big chunk out of you? So that's that's all part of the fun and games that we as viewers get to enjoy. Absolutely. What's uh what's the parameters or regulations for the mini bots? Because I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Like, I you know, there, a couple of them used them, a couple of them didn't, a couple of them you know used them and they kind of seem pointless. A couple of them actually, I know in the first episode, one lit on fire and shot across the arena right at, uh, I think, your face, I, I think is what <laughs> <Yeah>. it... <laughs> so what, what's, like, the regulations on those? Can they, are they limited in size and weaponry, or how does that work? Well, uh, as you so aptly pointed out, I actually believe um, the reason the minibots are around was to scare the shit out of me, <laughs> uh, because a couple of those things got thrown around like a, uh, a vertically challenged person um, I'm not going to use midget. I, I don't think that's a fair word. And just got thrown around the ring. Um, but I kind of asked the same question. I said, what's the point? They're kind of cute and fun and look like something one of my kids would want to buy in a toy store, but does it actually have a practical role? And they said, yeah, you know, if anything, it could be a little diversionary tactic, meaning that if you've got two minibots and then your main bot, Maybe you're sending the mini-bots around back to get stuck in the wheels of your opponent. Okay. And then your yeah, big bots sense. can go in and do some damage. Now, it's easier said than done because <laughs> you have to be able to drive. And that is the biggest difference between some of these bot builders. Some of them are kick-ass drivers. Others of them, they need to go back to, uh, to school on the Internet and learn how to drive properly. You know, I don't know if it's traffic school or not, but get your ass back there and I'll see you back inside the battle box. <laughs> well, we had mentioned your, you know, your obviously history and, and current uh, sports knowledge and, and everything that you do for for uh, both MLB, NFL Network and and all kinds of, you're all over the place, to be honest. Uh, how hard was it to transition into doing analysis, or from analysis in sports to doing analysis for, for fighting robots? I mean, it kind of sounds silly when you say it like that, but... Well, why would it sound silly? I mean, who doesn't call backyard bot fighting 
in their spare time. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was a, a laundry, you know, check, check Marv Albert's resume. I guarantee it's on there. You know, where do you, how do you think Bob Costas got his start? You know, it wasn't uh, in the ADA. Uh-uh. No, it was with building. So we all come from that school. Uh, but the thing that probably prepped me the most for it was calling boxing. Okay. Uh, which I've done a little bit right. uh, in recent years. That's the closest thing because it's a one-on-one battle. There are certain fighters that are more aggressive and more offensive in nature. There are more that, that play defense. Uh, you have to be able to accelerate and maybe a fight is going along slowly and then all of a sudden you got to get really excited because something's happened and you didn't expect it and there's butterflies flying all over the place. So you have to have that gear in you no pun intended, to, to be able to do that. And um, thankfully, they they decided to go my my route. And I think it's just, it's not false enthusiasm on my part. Uh, no, I don't doubt Kenny it. Florian and I really enjoyed doing it. I, I found it amazing. And I think the thing that helps most is that the fights are three minutes. You yeah. can pour energy into a three-minute fight. Now, if it was 12 rounds and three minutes per, You'd be dragging Kenny and I out of there, and you know, you know, you'd have to call a body back to get it out. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't work. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say because I mean, ultimately, once the match starts, I mean, you can do analysis and stuff, but I, I really think, and I kind of found this personally too. Once the match starts, it, it's really just pure entertainment, and and I actually found myself legitimately laughing, not because something was funny, but just because I was giggling like a little boy at how awesome yeah. it was that these things were absolutely destroying each other yeah it's great and uh we were the same way and a lot of our calls um are not going to go into the broadcasting hall of fame because what you ended <laughs> up hearing was oh oh my god you know so that's like kenny and i had the same reaction that you guys probably did watching on your couch it, <laughs> and, and we're not going to apologize for that because no. that's how we got into it yeah so um it's just it's really fun. We're not taking it super seriously, but at the same time, you have to give these people respect for what they're doing because in some cases, it takes six to eight months to build a bot. And we're talking about people that in their spare time, that's all they do. This is it. They go out to the garage. They go down to their shop. They find space. And it's because it's been a dream of theirs. And now, hopefully, it's going to go from this semi-underground world into more mainstream, and the the prize money will be bigger for them. The opportunities will be larger, and um, you know they'll go wherever their yellow brick road takes them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, you already—I was going to say changing gears here, but you already used my gears pun, so um, <laughs> we'll just right. say you know what. Good, right. as, long as, you, as long as you credit me for it, you're, you're fine. <laughs> go ahead. But um, being the the baseball fan that I am, I would be remiss here if I didn't ask the co-host of Intentional Talk a baseball question here. And uh, I guess the the biggest hot button issue in the MLB right now is those seven Royals uh, being in the All Star game. So I was just wondering if we could get your opinion on the uh, the type of internet ballot stuffing, I guess, that KC is doing right now. And if you are against it, how uh, how do we fix this All Star game system here? Well, I think it'll be looked into. I don't think there's any question about it. Um... You know, the guys that are in charge of it said we're not 100% foolproof on this. And, and well, however it plays out, it's going to play out. My point is this, and I get, you know, hometown fans or whomever 
stuff in the ballot box. That, that's nothing new, okay? It's just we. It's so alarming because it's seven guys. Yeah. But if you're a Kansas City Royals fan and you want Game Seven of the World Series in your crib for the second straight year, for sure, are you telling me you are <laughs> going to vote for Omar and Fonte yeah. <laughs> over Jason Kipnis exactly or Jose it. Altuve? Okay, and now if you can if you can look me in the face and tell me that gives us a better chance to win, then I'll live with it. <laughs> but I, I guarantee you, you'd be hard-pressed to find that Royals fan that could say, yep, no question, that's going to happen. <laughs> but, but whatever. Yeah, it, I, to I, me, I it never made sense. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that's my follow-up is, I think, well, at least personally, I think the fix would be not having the game decide who gets the seventh game of the World Series. I think that's the bigger issue because I don't know that it would be an issue unless the, the game was so important and it decided who got the seventh game of the World Series. Well, right. And I was working at Fox when that came out. And that happened, if you'll remember, the year after the tie. Because yeah, yeah, they, didn't want, they didn't want it to happen again where the commissioner of baseball is sitting there talking to the managers in extra innings saying, I don't have any more pitchers to use. And they're saying, what do you mean we don't have any more pitchers? You know, this isn't a spring training game. This is the all-star game. And Tory and Brenly are up there in Milwaukee saying, sorry, dude, I made promises to these guys that I couldn't throw them. And yeah. so that's why they've made the modifications that if you can't, if you don't, if you're pitching on Sunday, you're not available to pitch in the game on Tuesday, all that sort of stuff. Um, I personally, I didn't like it back then when I worked at Fox that, the All-Star Game should determine it, but I understood why it was happening. It's a, it's a ratings thing, and part of how we operate in television is based on ratings. And it's why, you know, they're they're paying goo gobs of money, Fox, to, to uh, broadcast this stuff. So I understand that aspect of it. I personally, uh, listen, I, I've done the Pro Bowl the last two years in the NFL, and we've had a player draft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, how cool would it be if there was a draft on Monday, the day before the game? How yeah. neat would that be? <laughs> Absolutely be awesome. Everybody, I mean, with right? everybody, how they love fantasy. I don't think, I think that would be a huge hit. To be honest, yeah, it completely ties I, into the fantasy I agree. sports. Yeah, and you know, people will say, "Well, uh, wait a second. What about tradition? We've had the All Star Game, the American League against the National League since 1933." <laughs> I don't give a damn. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to be stuck in tradition, then you have an inability to forward think. You have an inability to be flexible. And you know what? Then go be that guy that keeps yelling, get off my lawn, you crazy kid. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Be that asshole. I don't, I don't need you. At least yeah. listen. Try and figure out. I, I mean, you're telling me that that wouldn't get eyeballs on it? Oh, definitely. No, I mean, I 100% agree. I don't yeah. know why that hasn't been brought up. Yeah, I guess because of the seventh game and the way that it's set up right now. But yeah, I think that's right. my one. Well, got. Here's the thing. Thanks to your podcast, and as big as it is globally, yes. we are going to change the way people think. Perfect. It starts here today. <laughs> are we all on the same page, guys? One yep, small step. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's my biggest beef with baseball, and I think baseball is probably my second favorite sport, but. 
that whole that whole idea of being stuck in tradition sometimes bugs me a little bit, and I understand the However, un- unspoken I, rules. I, I do have to say, I think things are changing. I mean, I I'm a huge fan of Rob Manfred, um, yeah. the new commissioner of baseball, yep. and I think that he is willing to listen on a lot of issues and not walk around and say, "Listen, we've got all the right answers," and look at all the billion dollar contracts that our teams are getting locally. And look at what we just got from Fox and ESPN as our national partners. I don't think he's content to just say, hey, we're doing fine. I think he's willing to be challenged. I think he's willing to listen. And I think that is a great personality trait to have when you are the leader of a company like he is. 100%. Hopefully that's the reason they picked, they elected him. Yep. Yeah. You know, if, if if this thing with the Royals doesn't get things cooking, I think next year uh, Steve and I here will work on getting a bunch of uh, seven Phillies nominated yeah. to the All-Star game. And then I think we would definitely see some change if that were the case. Yeah, we got plenty of them are Infantes to, uh, <laughs> to elect. I was going to say, because the Royals are at least uh, good. The, if we put seven <laughs> Phillies yeah. in there, I think we would make some noise. Yeah, let me tell you something. That... Um, the seven field, first of all, there's got to be probably a minimum of hitting 187 in <laughs> order to start an all-star game. So already we're down to about four fields. Yeah, all right. we get five. They're out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and, uh, Michael Franco can only play one position. So you uh. can't vote for him for like all nine spots. So as long as we're all okay with that, then, then I'm good with a Philly boot forward. Okay, we might be down to one Philly there yeah, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for spending a few extra minutes with Chris. Uh, we'll let you get going, but BattleBots, obviously such an entertaining show, um, as we've been talking about. Be sure to check it out every Sunday on ABC at 9, 8 Central, and make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Rose. And while you're at it, watch him on both MLB and NFL Networks. Chris, thanks again for joining us. You got it, guys. Anytime. Remember, we are here to change the world one ballot at a time. That is exactly (laughs) correct. All right, stick around. More Showcast in a few.